love making this podcast and we would love to have it supported by a listener like you. So uh, go ahead, click the link in our show notes and join the awesome empire. Welcome to Awesome with Allison and Eric too. I'm Allison and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen, whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful. We hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I am here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, and the newly very, very committed to his spandex pants, my husband and yours, Mr. Eric Robertson. Hi, this is too much information. It's not too much information. I got Eric a pair of running tights a few years ago, and then you didn't wear them. You you talked about this last episode. Well, I want to talk about it again, because he's still wearing them. I mean, they have been washed. (laughs) I went for a run this morning, and I haven't changed and it's cold outside. They're so functional. I'm really into spandex. Every mom out there relates to what you're talking about. They understand it's not a new concept for any of us. It's just hysterical what a new concept it is for you. <laughs> Welcome to episode 164. We are continuing our how to enjoy life even when series. And I am loving that you guys are loving this series. I've heard a lot of positive feedback. I've heard that you're finding it very helpful. And Eric and I are loving doing it. And this episode is a <laughs> is one that, to quote myself, Eric, Eric said we should write it down the other day. We were talking about our kids. And this episode is how to enjoy life even when you can't control your children. (laughs) So right out of the gate, it's a little tongue-in-cheek. We know that we aren't trying to control our children. We were super frustrated with the kids a few days ago, and we were getting ready. Eric said something about, oh, you know, what do you do when you can't control your kids? And I was like, I don't have answers. I just have anger. And that was... (laughs) Why is it so hard to get them ready for school. I, oh, you know what it is? It's the beginning beginning and end of days. I feel like the middle of the day is not that bad. When they're at school and not here? Not even that. <laughs> not even that. Even on weekdays or, weekend, or on weekends, even when they come home from school, I just feel like getting up in the morning with them and then trying to get them to go to bed is so difficult. It's probably because we don't have good routines in place. I love how we can find I can find a way immediately for it to be our fault and not that it might just be difficult. Probably is our fault. <laughs> it is a little bit our fault. I would say that our or all our fault. I would say that we lean a little more towards the laissez-faire way of parenting. Not that we aren't involved and we don't know what's going on with our children, but that we aren't we aren't super hyper scheduled mostly because i'm very bad at scheduling after school things it's um like a paperwork logistics type of activity uh-huh. and that's not really my strength as a human 
So there's that side of it. And the other side of it is I think we just like I mean, we we're both entrepreneurs. We like the freedom to be a little more flexible. Yeah. I was thinking about parenting styles and I realized that every every set of parents or every single parent, every parenting situation, there's going to be some serious strengths and we and weaknesses. And it can be like I was thinking of like people who are good parents and from the outside you think, "Oh, these these are excellent parents, you know, because maybe the kids have brushed hair. Maybe they've showered. Maybe they're... That is, when I see children that have, like, hair that is done, I see these people dropping their children off at school with brushed hair in, like, a braid, and I can't even believe what I'm, I'm seeing. Like, it's so shocking to me. Like, like, <laughs> like Fiona the other day, she doesn't like getting in jammies. We said, go put on jammies. So what she did <laughs> is she went downstairs and put pajamas on top like short short pajamas like a summer pair of pajamas on top of the clothes that she had worn that day and so she had this- no the, it was her outfit for the next day oh for yeah so she, she was ready for school the night before yeah so she's sleeping in her clothes with a pair of jammies on top of her clothes <laughs> and we didn't make her change no why would we so my point is this is regardless of how you appear to the outside world there's each parenting situation has strengths and weaknesses and to look at someone else and judge yourself against someone that from the outside looks like they're doing it right doesn't help you, right? I think, I think that's really good. I also think it's important to note that there's a lot of single parents, people who don't have a partner, yeah, people who, friends of mine who've lost spouses and are trying to parent, people who are going through divorce or are divorced and trying to parent, single moms, single dads. Just like everything else in life, we maybe have this expectation that there is a correct way to do it. I find this very often in business coaching or social media strategy. Just tell me the exact way to do it. People just want a checklist. They want the exact way to do it. It's hard to think. It's very difficult to think. Yeah. And there's definitely so much to learn. There's so much to learn. It's a very humbling experience being a parent. There's a lot of different avenues and roads you can go down. However, at the end of the day, the most important thing to me is that everybody gets to be themselves. So I get to be Allison when I'm a mom. I don't have to be a mom. I get to be Allison and use my strengths and talents as Allison to be a mother. When we put ourselves into a role, I'm the boss, I'm a waitress, I'm a worker, I'm a dad. When we assume a role, it is very easy to let go of pieces of ourselves. Now, this can kind of be like Beyonce, like Sasha Fierce, where she adopts that role to give herself power. And I think that we can do that with parenthood as well, where sometimes in order to get out of our uncomfortable feelings and our uncomfortable insecurities with ourselves, maybe as a parent or as a person, we're like, well, I'm the mom and this is what a mom does and listen to mom. And we go into that role. And whenever we go into roles, that's when we start to become disconnected from ourselves, to come to become disconnected from our truth. And when we become disconnected from ourselves and disconnected from our truth, that's when the relationships aren't as fun and aren't as meaningful. I totally agree. In fact, I was inspired by someone on Instagram. I can't remember who it was, but she's a parenting guru. She's talking about unruly children. And like when they're out of control, it's usually due to the fact that they are not 
being understood. Maybe not in that moment exactly, but like they feel like they can't, they're not being understood. I've actually done some work with this with Ginger and Rad. Like if they're, and Fiona, if they're, if they're kind of acting up or having a hard day and things are just like, kind of like a lot of headbutting and a lot of annoying each other, I'll pull one aside and I will start to tell them about my day and open up to them. And I, and then they will, instead of addressing the problem, they'll just start telling me about their day. And then usually something in there was the thing that was bothering them that they might not even know that that's what was doing it. And so I love that being yourself and expressing openly and not always to me, it's not always just like yelling and fixing, don't hit, you know, like the, the immediate thing right there. Well, I like the idea and you're going to talk about it more later that you can very easily become a manager for your children. And I think that's what you're talking about is not going into that role. So for so many podcasts, Eric and I feel like we can sit down and we've been reading books and we've got insight and we're excited to share the things. And it's very funny because when we were laying out the series of how to enjoy your life, even when, I just felt really strongly that there should be one about parenthood. And I know not all of our listeners are parents, but I do feel like the principles we're going to talk about are applicable to all relationships. But this was one that I almost just wanted to like opt out and be like, let's just get somebody else in here to talk about it. I'm I'm not an expert. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I, I love that we're kind of just having an open conversation about- Yeah, we are not experts. Yeah, we're, we're, just, this is a, we're talking about this. Yeah, we're just, we're just, we're just discussing. having a conversation. But I think that it would be great to kind of start the conversation with some ideas from an expert. And so I reached out to my friend, Jessica Dahlquist, She hosts the Extraordinary Moms podcast. She has a master's in education. She has talked to hundreds of moms on her podcast. She's a podcast mentor to me. She helped um, me, you know, get started with our podcast. She's just a phenomenal human being. Her experience in talking to so many different types of moms, and I love the aim and the goal of her podcast, it's not to talk to influencers or famous people or people with an audience. She talks to moms. And the whole idea is that we are all extraordinary in our different ways. I can go a little emotional talking about Jessica. She's my childhood friend since I was 12 in seventh grade. We were assigned to write reports about each other in Mrs. Moyer's class, and that's how I met her, and she couldn't believe I had four siblings that I was one of five children. It blew her mind. She has just been such a good friend to me through motherhood and my life. I am so grateful to be able to get to share her with you guys. She has her own podcast, Extraordinary Moms Podcast, but let's just start by hearing what Jessica has to say. Let me let you in on a little secret. You can't control your kids. You can't control your husband. You can't control your friends. You can't control anyone else. You can only kind of control yourself, right? You can hardly even do that. But it's shocking to us when people don't respond the way that we want them to respond. Why is it so surprising to us? Because theoretically, we know we can't control anybody else. And yet, we're caught off guard every time. We're mad every time. We're resentful every time. I read a great quote. I'm not sure where it came from. There's lots of derivations of this online. But it says, when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you're responding to what's happening. 
When I became a first-time mom 12 and a half years ago, almost 13 years ago, I read every parenting book and, you know, I thought A plus B will equal C. Like I was always an achiever in my life. If I did this, this is what would happen. If I studied for a test, this is, you know, the type of grade I would get. And so for, for parenting, I thought, okay, if I, you know, nurse at this frequency and put them down to sleep at this frequency, they will sleep for this amount of time, then they will wake up and then this will happen. Or, you know, if they're crying and I do this, then they will stop crying, right? (laughs) And much to my absolute surprise, I could not control my baby. He never, ever stopped crying. And the books didn't tell me that. The books didn't tell me sometimes they just would keep crying. And then the books, you know, also don't tell you, not that many teenager books, but they also don't tell you, if you tell your teenager to do this, then they will do this. Because guess what? They have a mind of their own and they're going to do whatever they want. But what I have really found as my parenting sweet spot is acknowledging that that outcome is not on me, but I get to choose the type of mother I am, the type of person I am, and independent of whatever outcome, I can stand firm and be proud of the job I am doing because of how I'm responding to the situations around me? Am I responding with exasperation or am I responding to a teenager with patience? Am I quick to yell at a toddler when they start, you know, doing something, spilling something everywhere? Or am I realizing they're just three? Because when I can remain calm in those situations that really get my blood boiling, when I can not become defensive in an argument, when I can keep my cool, when I can take a beat, I can sit back at the end of the day and think, whoa, how awesome am I? How extraordinary am I that I was able to do that? And of course, we're not going to do this 100% of the time and be, and be perfect at it. But I love the thought that I can absolutely 100% release any expectation that I have any control over anyone, especially my kids, and let them be them. And I can surprise and delight my kids that when they mess up, I'm a safe person to come to and mom's not going to freak out. I can you know, be there for them and encourage them. And when they make a mistake, I hope I've modeled to them how to ask for forgiveness and come back and repair after a mistake because they've seen me do it. I hope that they'll do it some of the time as well. You know what I mean? And so when you are able to really dig deep and not dig deep to control your kids, but to take that thumb off of them and to lighten up yourself, to lower the expectations you have on them, to model and have good communication so that you're encouraging great behavior and great responses and, and, you know, modeling that they can become productive, kind, wonderful people that you want them to be. It doesn't mean we don't want that for our kids, but regardless of the choices they make, regardless of what they do, you are always okay. And the more that you can monitor your own behaviors, the more proud and stable of a life you are going to live. Something I always say is you can't expect your kids to behave better than you do. 
So in those moments where you want to throw an adult tantrum because your child is having a tantrum, think, can I behave better than my child in this moment? (laughs) We've all seen that play out in in the aisles of Target in the toy aisle, right? Can I behave better than my kids in this moment, right? If they're little. And then if they're bigger, think, hmm, how would I want to model good communication, healthy communication, even when I'm mad, how do I communicate in a way that is loving and steady and clear? And then will they then mirror that back to me, either in that moment or over time as that's modeled, you know, you know, consistently. So you may not be able to control your kids, but I hope and pray that you can work on controlling yourself, your thoughts, your behaviors, and that you can be really proud of that. Don't you love Jessica? She's just, it's so- Always have. I know you, I was telling Eric today, his really close friends, his childhood friends, they're a lot like me. (laughs) They're all pretty flamboyant and nutty. They call him and just kind of like- make him listen to them, right? Jessica is so much like Eric. She's so grounded. She's so reasonable. She's also so fun and appreciates the silliness. She really appreciates people and sees the beauty in people. Yeah, she does. She's so fun to talk to because she really listens. Yeah. She's just such a gift. She's so wonderful. And I love the idea can I behave better than my child? Oh my gosh. Is I, that not so good? Yeah. I had like some things just come back to my memory where I totally acted worse. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, great question. Absolutely. In fact, that guided me this morning. Our kids have been sick and the bedtime, I mean, they were up so late last night. It was like after midnight. We could not get people to stay in bed. Everyone has a sob story. This morning, Two of the three children needed to go to school, and I knew that they didn't get a lot of sleep and that they were going to be tired, and I told Eric that it took every mindfulness principle ever preached on this podcast (laughs) in order for me to behave better than the children this morning. I'm tired. I'm really sore. I've you know been slowly getting back into exercise. I felt like I could barely get up the stairs and down the stairs everyone's crying and our kids like really start like performing the sickness before school. I love the sickness checklist. Like yeah. they wake up. Okay. So I've got uh, my stomach hurts. I've got a cough. My left nostrils clogged. I've got a, my, my toe hurts. I need a bandaid. It's like this checklist. I can almost like mouth, you know how you can mouth the favorite line to your movie. Yeah. I can do that with Fiona. I can mouth like, <laughs> and her eyes are so big and earnest as she's saying it. <laughs> Can I tell you one thing I, I am grateful for? Tell me. Our sponsor, Pinna. Oh, I am so grateful for our sponsor, Pinna, because I think so much of parenting is setting yourself up for success. And I think having some tools and some foresight, like when you're going into a situation, like that makes all the difference. And that's what Pinna is. So our kids often see us with headphones and listening to books and podcasts. And I am so pumped on Pinna because it's a resource for them to listen to audiobooks and podcasts. One, one of our favorite things to do in the car now is there is this like these interactive stories. Have you? I don't think you've done this yet, but there's these stories where you, it listens and you can like say 
things like choices that you can make like it's, like it's a choose your own adventure it's a choose your own adventure it's and the kids are like rad is kind of in a bad mood he's like i don't want to listen he likes listening to music rad's way into music it's hilarious <laughs> so he's like i don't want to do audiobooks but we turn on ginger picked this like interactive one and then uh, like 30 seconds later he's like whispering like jump or like he's he has these answers <laughs> i look back and he's trying to play coy but he was totally getting into it so Pinna is this awesome audio library for kids and uh, it's an app it's a beautiful app and right now Pinna is offering our listeners one year of Pinna for 50% off. Just head to pinna.fm forward slash promo to sign up and use code Allison. That's Allison with one L at checkout. That's P-I-N-N-A dot F-M slash promo. We want to thank Pinna. They have been so fun to work with. So it's a huge deal to us to be able to have a sponsorship that we really, I mean, we're not going to do a sponsorship unless we're using it and we believe in it. You guys know that we don't do a ton of ads. It's been really fun to have this resource for our kids. I really feel like it sets us up for success, especially as we're moving into the holiday season with road trips. (laughs) The app is set up so that kids can really navigate it themselves without a lot of help from the parents. As much as we would love all of parenting to be like that, that's not necessarily how it is, but Pinna is a really great resource. So let's get back into our how to enjoy your life even when you can't control your kids. You know, we kind of knew it coming into the episode, but Jessica really helped illustrate it. We can't control anybody, and I've been doing I've been doing my You're Already Awesome, my book read along and we have lives and this last Tuesday was our second installment where we have a discussion about the book the second shift in my book is I don't have to figure anything out so we had a really awesome discussion about surrender I loved everybody chiming in and just saying I wish I could control everything but I know I can't how do I just surrender to surrender like (laughs) and one woman that I was talking to I was listening to her and everyone was relating. I just have a really hard time with acceptance and this and that. And I just felt the the inspiration to say to her, I think you need to surrender to you. I think you need to surrender to you. And what I mean by that and what I meant by that is if you keep getting frustrated, surrender to the fact that you keep getting frustrated. Accept that. I keep getting frustrated rather than fighting against that. And I think with parenting, especially that happens because we want to be a good mom. We want to be Mary Poppins. And then it's like, I'm Mary Poppins. And then I'm the demon because I've like repressed and suppressed all of the negative emotions. So one thing that I have found for life and especially with parenting is to accept when I'm not showing up the way that I want to show up. To accept when I'm not showing up better than my children in that moment when I'm behaving like a toddler. And one of the ways that I accept that is I will pause. And when I'm talking to Ginger or Fiona or Rad, our ki- our kids are 12, 9, and almost 7. And I'll just say, hey, I'm really grumpy right now. Or I'm not sure why, but I'm so frustrated. I don't like that I'm frustrated. I'm not happy that I'm frustrated, but I am. So I'm going to need a minute. And I will I will often kind of say things like that to the kids. And I'll also say, this isn't about you. It's about me. It might be a little bit about you. I'll let you know. <laughs> but to, to really like give myself that permission 
to show up in a way that isn't just this Pollyanna, everything is okay, I'm the authoritative parent, and I know exactly what to do. Because when we show up thinking that we always need to know exactly how to be in every situation as a parent, what we don't realize we're doing is not modeling, (laughs) we're not modeling for our children that it's okay to show up and not know everything. And that is really, really empowering. One thing that my mom is so good at and has always been good at and is still good at is letting herself learn from me. And it's such an honor as the kid to feel like you taught your parents something. My mom called me the other day and was telling me how much she's loving this podcast series. And she was telling me about some of the things she learned and how she was able to apply them. And it makes me feel so good as this grown woman that my mom is telling me what she's learning from me. But I know that my mom has been doing that my whole life. And so I think when we allow ourselves to learn from our children or show up to our children and say, hey, I actually don't know in this situation. Let me let me get back to you or let's figure it out together. That's a really, really powerful thing to model. That is so beautiful. Yeah, your mom is excellent at that. So Eric found some different quotes. Like we said, we were like, what do, what do we even have to offer? Yeah. So Eric found some different thoughts about parenting. You know, I love Instagram for this reason, he, because there is so much good parenting advice that I, th- I think there is. Eric also subscribes to parenting newsletters. Of the two of us, Eric is the one who reads more about parenting, which I think is, I don't know if it's atypical, but I love that for okay, him. Okay, so I found some really cool quotes, and I wanted to get your... Alice, I have not shown these to you. I wanted to see what you thought of them. Okay. Okay, this one is, says... Who is this one this from? This is from We Nurture. We'll, we'll, we'll link to them. It says, one day your child will know the kind of person you are, mm. like you figured out the kind of people your parents are. Starting today, ask yourself if your child will know you as the kind of person you want them to see. What I really like about that is, well, first, I think let's observe and acknowledge the tendency to take that really beautiful thought and start to shame ourselves with it. Oh, they're, you know, I'm not the kind of person that I, you know, like, I think that is a thought that you could take and go into shame with. I think that, especially when we're talking about parenting, a lot of shame and negative self talk. I mean, look at us. I'm like, oh, I don't have the confidence to do a podcast episode about parenting, right? We can immediately get into those shame spirals. So the thing that I really like about that is that it puts the spotlight on you becoming a whole person. Eric and I were talking about unconditional love. I was watching, I know this is going to sound funny, but I was watching Ink Master. And I love that show. It's a tattoo competition show. (laughs) And they had people with Down syndrome come on and they were artists. And then their loved ones were there to get tattooed with what this beautiful Down syndrome artist created with the tattoo artist. And there was this contestant on the show and he he said he doesn't have a high school degree. He has tattoos up to his ears on his face, on his neck. And he got really emotional talking about what a beautiful experience this was. And he just pointed out, you know, I'm this crazy looking guy with all these tattoos. And to have this artist come in and just, I could tell he loved me unconditionally. And I started thinking about that. The ability to show up and have people feel unconditionally loved by you 
is something I'm very, very interested in. I'm very interested in, like that quote said, becoming that type of person. That's the type of person I would like to become. And as I strive to become that type of person, it is going to affect the way I parent. And Eric and I were talking about offering unconditional love. And I believe that I am in a position to offer love in an even more unconditional way than in years past because I have accepted parts of myself more wholly. I have accepted parts of myself more fully. I'm not fighting against myself. I'm not as bogged down in shame. I don't think I'm perfect. I don't need to be perfect. And because I'm not trying to prove or argue or defend, that unconditional love is so much easier to give. And that is so true for our kids. Totally agree. So I, I love I love what that quote suggests. Love that. Thank you. Okay, next one. This one is from Fit Dad Lifestyle. This one hit me right between the eyes. Quit yelling at your kids before they go to bed and expect them to sleep well. Quit yelling at your kids in the morning right after they wake up before school and expect them to, to have a good day. You set the tone for your children. You set the tone for your voice that they will always remember in their heads. You become their inner voice. Don't be their inner critic. Let's raise kids who don't need therapy to heal their childhoods. Speak life, speak love, speak bravery and kindness and hope, speak wisdom and truth, but most of all, listen to your children. Be their safety net, be their home. I think that's beautiful. I don't know that we need to elaborate on it, but uh, well, I, I, but, like, I like talking about it because that's specifically like my challenge is the mornings oh yeah. and the nights. <laughs> yeah. And I think it goes back to what Jessica was saying is, can you behave better than your children? The, exactly. The one, the one hot take that I have on that is let's raise children that don't need therapy to heal from their childhood. And I would just like to say, I've talked about this with a lot of therapists that childhood in and of itself is traumatic. Right. Being raised as a human being, there are like specific ages that are kind of like universal shifting trauma progression points. Like there's one that will happen between like the ages of like four and six. And it's when you start to have these different realizations of the way you fit into the world. So I don't think that as a parent, if your child is in therapy, it should necessarily reflect back on you what type of parent you are. I actually think that one of the best things we can do for our kids is model healing ourselves. Right. And taking that on. And it was funny because I had a therapy appointment this morning and I told the kids, hey, we got to get going because I have a therapy appointment. And Fiona on the way to school today said, what's a therapist? So it was great because I was able to talk to her about what a therapist is and how grateful I am that I get to go to a therapist. I, I really, really like that quote. That's my one hot take on it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not completely endorsing these quotes. I'm just, I just want to bring yeah, them to thoughts. talk about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. This one is from Parenting Pathfinders. Repeatedly telling a child what they're doing wrong won't help them learn what to do differently. Ugh, this is it's the, so this obvious. Is, yes. it's, it's so, so obvious. obvious like, but it's so we do. Here's the reason we do it to our kids is because we do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We do it to ourselves. I remember early in our parenting journey 
that we read something that talked about letting your kids hear you, overhear you talking good about them, like gossiping in a good way about them. Oh man, I saw Ginger today and she was helping Fiona and I just couldn't believe like what a great big sister she is. So they get that little bit of um, naughtiness like, oop, I'm overhearing this. But what they're hearing is just you telling somebody how incredible they are and really sincerely. So I I think that's, um, you're like, okay, so it's really easy to say stop doing something, but what can we replace it with? And I think that, you know, kind of talking them up or verbalizing the things that you like, that's the replacement for that. That's awesome. This kind of goes into the next one. This is uh, was posted by Let's Lasso the Moon. They say, if you want your kids to tell the truth and come to you when life gets hard, then practice listening well now and make space for them to disagree. Be honest and engage in hard, meaningful conversation. I it's really that. hard for me sometimes when I know I'm right because I'm the dad. And <laughs> like, and because you know you're right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of hubris there. When, when it's like, I just want to get to the end. I don't want to go to this process to have this discussion to get to come to the conclusion I already know I'm right. You do this to me too, you know. Well, I do it to myself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So I love this, though, to practice listening well now, like right now, wherever you are, whether they're 17, whether they're 25, like we can start listening better now so that they can have space to disagree with us. And when they can disagree, they can be honest, because if they're always trying to please us, knowing we're just going to go to where we want, then they're not going to be honest. I mean, I experienced that growing up. My parents did a wonderful job. They did the best they could. But I remember like, yeah, I know where this is going to end. So I'm not going to like do anything different when I know the outcome of it. It's kind of the like Socratic method of teaching where you're asking questions in order to teach. But when you're asking questions and, you know, we've all been in a lesson or a classroom setting like this, when someone is asking a question and you feel like they only have one answer in mind, you're a lot less likely to contribute. You're a lot less likely to raise your hand because you're going to get shut down. And so I always really appreciate teachers, parents, individuals who, when you respond, acknowledge what you've said before they move on to what they have to tell you. Right. It's kind That's of, good listening. It's, it's kind of like, do we value like the quote unquote right answer mm. or do we value honesty? Because if we value honesty, then we're going to let it, we're not going to have like the end's not going to be, it's not a foregone conclusion. So if we value honesty, then it's like the means are the most important thing, the means of acceptance and listening. Because we want the honesty because we, what we really want is a relationship with our kids. We don't want it to just be a proper relationship and what we think is right. We want a real relationship. And so that's why I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I love, do we value honesty? And what I'm hearing when you say, do we value honesty, is also you value that that child or that person is showing up as themselves honestly mm-hmm. as themselves yeah i love that i don't that. want i don't want rad to come to me in the te- in his teenage years of coming to me what he thinks with the, like a what he's hi- like a hypothetical mask on yeah. thinking he needs to say what i want him to say i want the real rad because that's who i want to have a relationship with it's beautiful okay i have a lot more but let's just do one more this okay is, this is a good closing one this is from blessed psych mama great name It says, it's not easy raising strong-willed children, but what a blessing it will be to watch that same child grow into an uncompromising, unshakable 
determined adult. I think that's beautiful. We have strong-willed children. (laughs) And I often say that God knew exactly what he was doing by sending me Ginger first because I have a tendency to think I know things and I have a tendency to think I'm right and control. Ginger showed up and from day one, she was not going to give it to me. From day from day one, she wasn't going to sleep. She wasn't going to stop crying. I mean, our favorite quote around the house is from Ginger when she was like four. I know we've shared this before, but she loved this like four foot stuffed snake and she would wear it around her shoulders and she's just obsessed. She was obsessed. She still is with stuffed animals. And I remember... You know, I had Rad as a little baby toddler, and it was just so hard, and I was feeling really good, and I walked out into the family room, and I was like, Ginger, I'm doing great. We're feeling good. It's going to be a good day. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And with this stuffed snake around her shoulders, she, like, turns her beautiful little almond eyes to me and goes, but mom, my snake just doesn't even care. (laughs) 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 That just sums it up right there. So I love these ideas, how to enjoy life. And so I was talking to a mom last night, a mom with, she's got a one-year-old baby, a two-year-old child, and then three older kids. She's got all of these little kids. I was telling her how lately, because our youngest is almost seven, when I see moms with little kids under the age of five, my tendency is to just like grab them by the shoulders and say, your life is going to get better. This is really, really hard. I was thinking about that, which, you know, usually is met with, oh my gosh, thank you. Because I, I often say it in a moment of a tantrum or a child behaving in a way that's hard for the mom. However, I was talking to this wonderful mom last night and she was saying how so many people tell her to just enjoy the moments, it goes by so fast, enjoy them when they're little. That is a really hard thing to hear when you're tired, when it, it does when it feels beyond your skill set. We're just both talking about how you don't have to enjoy a baby. You can love the baby. You can find beauty in the baby, but it might not be your jam to hang out with somebody who can't talk all day. If you're a very verbal person, that could be very isolating and very lonely. And so I think giving yourself permission, again, it goes back to giving yourself permission to be you and be a parent. To be yourself and know that maybe your strengths aren't in that particular area. And so she's like, I am cherishing the little things. Like, I do love my babies, but also it's really, really hard. And I told her, I'm like, you know what? It has been so much easier for me to feel like I'm not a horrible mother now that my kids can talk. Because I'm a pretty good conversationalist. I like to listen. And like... It fits my skill set a little bit more. Whereas I know other parents who are really good at organizing and schedule and planning and like being active and going to the park and hanging out with other moms and being really social, they really thrive when their kids are little. It really just comes back to parenthood 
a mom, a dad, a caretaker, and you know, a stepmom, a stepdad, whichever way that you parent, it does not have to be a role. It does not have to be a job that you're filling. Sometimes it's a job, like like any other job. There's parts of it that aren't fun that you don't, you know, look forward to as much, but it's always going to be a better experience when you allow yourself to thrive and bring your talents. So I used to feel bad that when every, so every year Eric makes a song for my birthday with the kids and it's so special. It's so sweet. But year after year, they were starting to say the same thing about me, which is they really like the birthday parties that I throw for them. And I remember saying to Eric, I must be, and this is when I was working more full-time in office and Eric was more of the lead caretaker and I just felt so guilty. I was like, is that the only thing the kids know about me is that I do birthday parties for them? And do you remember what you said to me? I don't. You were like, you could see it that way or you throwing parties for people is one of the ways that you show them how much you love them. You're really good at it. You're professional at it. And the kids just feel so lucky that they get to have that gift from you. And I was like, oh, that's a little bit more of a compassionate way to think about it. And so just like Eric was saying in the beginning, it's really easy to compare yourself when you see other people parenting, when you see the the kids with the nicely brushed hair. You know, I have a friend who's a hairdresser and her kid's hair is always perfect. Always. But that's one of the ways that she shows up for her children because she feels really capable doing it that way. And so... I don't need to sit over here being judgmental, like, oh, she's doing that so people think she's a good mom or so she's not embarrassed of the way her kids look. It's like, no, that's one of the ways she knows how to show up and show out for her children. So that to me is how to enjoy, even if you're in a phase of parenting that doesn't feel like your strength, even when you're in a phase of parenting or a position where your kid is going through a really, really hard time. And I know there are a lot of people right now post-pandemic with the way that that affected our kids and learning and schools and the suicide rate and suicide ideation in children is getting younger and younger. Children are are really struggling. It can be very, very difficult. Whenever we can and if we can find that joy, find those golden moments in the difficult, find the beauty in what your talents as a human are and bring them to your children. To me, that's how you can really enjoy your life. Even though we can't control other people, we can't even control our children. <laughs> I think in conclusion, this uh, this portion of a newsletter from Ryan Halliday. It's called from the, his Daily Dad newsletter can sum up what we're saying. He says, as parents, we need to always look for this beauty, especially in an otherwise sleep-deprived, crazed, and often loud world. As we said, catching sight of, of a well-played-in room should strike us as wonderful and not another thing we have to clean up. We should notice the way our baby gets little tan lanes where their fat rolls are. We should hear the sounds of our noisy house as a kind of natural symphony and enjoy listening to it while it lasts. Even in their clipped fingernails and outgrown clothes, we can see the bittersweet evidence of them growing up, the passage of time that has meant so much to us. I love that finding joy doesn't need to be a checklist. It can really just be starting in yourself to be honest with yourself, to be honest with your children, and to just observe all these things that one day you will miss if you don't live now with it. When you were reading that, I'm over here crying. When you were reading that, 
about the tan lines on the little fat rolls, it reminded me of, I think it's Brennan Bruchard has a book uh, about goals and high achieving. I don't know, one of those types of books. But in it, he talks about gratitude and how the dividends are in the details. The payout of gratitude is in the details. So if you want to really have a gratitude practice, have positive impact in your life, it's in really the itty bitty details like the tan lines on a wrist or the beauty of a well-played in room. So I think those are such beautiful examples of finding gratitude in the details. So we hope that this conversation has helped you think of some ways, even if you're going through a hard time right now, your children are struggling. We love you. We love you. You're doing better than you know. You're stronger than you know. You can do this. You can do it. And we're so grateful that we get to have this conversation with you. What do you, uh, what do you got over there? Do you got some reviews? Yeah, I got a review on Audible about your audio book. Oh, remember how I wrote a book called I, You're Already Awesome? I love this review. It's so short and sweet and so to the point. This is from Darren C. They say, it is the most beautiful, heartwarming, and real motivational book that I've ever listened to. It will be one that I refer back to over and over with the title. Buy this book. You will love it. Thank you. So now that the book has been out for a few months, when I see people, they're like, how's the book going? How's it going? And my my new response is, I think it's going great. I've never sold a book before. (laughs) You know, like I don't have anything to compare it to. But really, my experience of how the book is going is like, can you even believe like that somebody found that value. I can believe that he found the value yeah. in the book, but like... It's so beautiful that they wrote about it. I'm just so grateful that people are really feeling helped. And I have people who have told me, many people who have told me that they listen to the book or read the book and then just start it over again. My friend of mine, Mal, she's, she's like, I'm on my fourth time listening to it because I just feel better when I listen to it. That's awesome. So if you guys haven't bought my book yet, maybe, uh, you know, the audio version or the physical version, it really does go beyond what we talk about on the podcast. If you're like, I don't need to buy the book because we listen to the podcast, please know that, um, It definitely goes beyond that. And also, it is a really, really wonderful way to support us. It really makes a big difference every single copy. So I appreciate you guys so much. Do you have a podcast review? I feel like we should do one of those This one's very applicable to today's topic. This is from Tara Lynn N. She says, I'm a newly stay-at-home mom after 10 years of career and lots of education. Although I know I'm doing the right thing for myself, I am in a big redefining time in my life. This podcast is helping me find value in who I am, not what I do. Allison and Eric keeps me company during these moments of motherhood. Oh, Tara, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, and Darren, if you're listening, I don't know if you're on the podcast as well, but uh, please. It, it could be Darren's spouse or wife too. Why, because... why can't it be Darren? Well. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah, that does happen. So Darren's <laughs> significant other. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, so shoot, shoot, in a, shoot us an email to 
awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. That's always Allison with one L. One more big thank you to our sponsor, Pinna. We're so grateful to have you. You're such an awesome company to work with. Do you have a delicious, tasty tune to take us out on, yeah. sir? I'm still riding the high from my new album that comes out November 14th. Whee! So you guys are all getting these previews of these songs. Um, this one is called... The album's oh, called Nostalgia. Yeah, the album's called Nostalgia. I scored my childhood. So there's 18 tracks about all these different memories and things. And this song is the concluding song on the album, and it's called Mom and Dad Did a Good Job. Oh. 